0: Hello, and welcome to Ministry Monday. I am your host, Amanda Bruce. If you're new to the podcast, hello. We are so glad that you're tuning in with us. Each week, Ministry Monday offers a podcast episode for the Church Music Minister on topics that seek to help you learn, grow, challenge, and inspire. If you haven't done so already, I encourage you to please subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts each week. And hey… Thanks for joining us. Last Thursday, we celebrated the Feast of Our Lady of Częstochowa, a venerated icon of the Blessed Virgin Mary found in the Polish town after which it was named. We thought it would be a perfect time to replay a previous episode that honored Our Lady of Tchentzahovah and the devotion to Our Blessed Mother. We hope you enjoyed this week's replay episode and find a moment this week to pray for the intercession of the Blessed Mother. Mary and Our Lady of Tchentzahovah pray for us. Now this week, we are starting a multi-part series celebrating the many faces in which we see and honor the Blessed Virgin Mary. We will explore the different ways we honor her, both in feasts and cultures and devotions across the world. We're still looking for testimonials on how you celebrate Mary in your parish. Do you celebrate her with a special feast mass? Or maybe you provide a special set of novenas or a prayer service or some other devotional. Or have you journeyed on a pilgrimage to honor our Blessed Mother? If any of this sounds like something you relate to, we want to hear from you. Email us with your Marian story at ministrymonday@npm.org. at npm.org. Your story could be featured in the coming weeks of the podcast. Now, May is traditionally the month of Mary, and we love honoring her in the many ways in which we worship. Personally, I was deeply affected when I visited the Basilica of the National Shrine of the Immaculate Conception in Washington, D.C. for the first time. If you've never been there, you owe it to yourself to make a pilgrimage there. The basement floor, or the ground floor of the basilica, honors Mary in her many forms and faces across the world. It is so powerful. And thus, the inspiration for this Faces of Mary series began. So the Faces of Mary begins this week with two stories of devotion to our Blessed Mother. The first comes from Dr. Neil Stahursky, a pastoral musician in the Diocese of Pittsburgh. Neal holds a doctorate in organ from the Eastman School of Music, as well as a master's degree in music from Duquesne University. He has served as a member of the executive board of the Pittsburgh chapter of the American Guild of Organists and has served as a panelist and lecturer for the Pittsburgh chapter of NPM. Neal has also performed in recital at the 2001 NPM National Convention in Washington, D.C., Neil is the director of the Karazela Chorus, a choir that sings in Polish for liturgies and cultural events in the Pittsburgh area. He holds a special interest in the organ literature of Poland and presented lecture recitals on Polish organ literature. Neil today shares his connection to Our Lady of Częstochowa, a venerated icon of the Blessed Virgin Mary originating in Poland. With so a last name like Stahurski, if no one
1: knew you, they probably would assume you had some type of exactly. Eastern European or Polish heritage. Right. So how do you connect with your Polish heritage?
2: Well, um, all of my grandparents were from Poland. Uh, they came to the United States in the early part of the 20th century. They were probably all here by the year 1922. They grew up in the area of southeastern Poland uh, called Galicia, which really wasn't Poland then. It was a part of the Austrian partition. And uh, luckily, my grandmother saved addresses of correspondence from those relatives. And when I went over there for the first time in 1992, I was able to connect with them and meet them. And it was a wonderful experience. I went there with my uncle. And I still keep in touch with them. I was going to go this year again, but the COVID-19 has sort of put a temporary damper on that. But also besides that, uh, I've played in Polish churches my entire life. I've danced in Polish dance groups. Right now I'm the director of the Karazella Chorus in Pittsburgh, which uh, sings in Polish for different liturgies and uh, Polish cultural events in the Pittsburgh area. When I was finishing my doctorate at the Eastman School of Music, my the topic was contemporary Polish organ literature, so I've done research in that area. I've done pro, a program for the Pittsburgh AGO chapter, I believe, in the year 2000 on that same topic. Back in 1997, I went to the Jagiellonian University for a six-week course in the Polish language, so all those different endeavors or ways I've tried to connect with my Polish heritage, which I is very interesting to me, you
1: know. Yeah, that's so, great. Yeah. And, and so one of the ways that you and I, of course, connect musically is that we both are involved with the mass for Our Lady of Częstochowa. Right. Um, and so how did you begin to be involved with that mass?
2: Well, I believe this, uh, it was back in 19, in, 19, in 2009, uh, this was a couple of years after I started directing the Carazella Chorus, uh, Bishop Zubik had been Bishop of the Diocese for a couple of years, and he wanted to honor Mary that way and have a special liturgy for her, and he was very gracious to offer the cathedral for the use of this Mass, and I guess just by virtue of the fact that I was the director of the Carazella Chorus that got me involved. And uh, so primarily over the last, I guess this will be our 12th year, if if it takes place this August, it's been primarily the Karazella Chorus supplemented by the Immaculate Heart of Mary Church Choir. And really it's an open invitation to any Polish choir in the Pittsburgh area. Uh, Granted our ethnic parishes really don't exist that much anymore. And the diocese is going through reorganization, but basically, Mm Uh, you know, basically that's the group that was involved musically. And basically that's how I got involved. And we've been doing it at St. Paul Cathedral. I'm very great grateful to Don Fellows for allowing us to go in there and do that. Ken Danchik has done a fabulous job as the organist. Uh he's also, Ken is also of Slavic heritage. So we're very, you know, we have a pretty good working relationship with him. And uh we're we're hoping and planning that it may take place at Immaculate Heart Church in Polish Hill this year, of which uh, Father Nick Vaskov is the director of that uh, new shrine grouping in the diocese. So uh, in a nutshell, that's basically how I got involved, you know, and that that we've kind of done things in a similar way for the last uh, 12 years or so.
1: So if someone's listening to the call and they don't necessarily know anything about, or maybe know very little, about Our Lady of Częstochowa, um, what do people need to know about Our Lady of Częstochowa?
2: Yeah, well, I, I hope you'll indulge me here. Uh, in the, the beginning of the programs for the last several years, there's an excellent description, which is better than what I could probably think of myself. So if you don't mind, I'll just read a few sentences from sure. this. Sure. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah. Uh, basically, it is believed that St. Luke, the evangelist, is the original artist of this painting in which Mary is depicted holding the Christ child. This sacred picture was brought from Jerusalem through Constantinople and was bestowed to the Princess of Ruthenia. It was brought to Częstochowa, Poland in 1382 through the efforts of Ladislaus of Opole, who discovered it in a castle at Belz. In 1430, a devastating attack on the Częstochowa Shrine resulted in tragic losses and the damaging of the holy picture. To this day, despite the attempts to repair the damage, the slashes on the face of the Virgin Mary are still visible. Under the heroic leadership of the prior, Augustin Kordetsky, the shrine withstood the attacks of the Swedish invasion of 1655. As a result, King Jan Kazimierz in 1656, made a solemn vow proclaiming the Mother of God to be the Queen of Poland and the Shrine of Jasnagura to be the Mount of Victory and spiritual capital of Poland. During the years of Poland's partition between 1772 and 1918, the Shrine of Jasnagura became a vibrant link for the Polish people with their homeland. With the celebration of Poland's thousand years of Christianity in 1966, despite staunch opposition from the communist government, the Polish nation was re-consecrated to Mary. The Shrine at Częstochowa has provided a podium for leading religious figures to address the Polish nation, including Cardinal Stefan Wyszyński and Cardinal Karol Wojtyła, the late Pope John Paul II. Throughout history, Poles have venerated Our Lady of Częstochowa, and many votive offerings have been made to her. Many precious jewels, gold and silver, which were donated by the Polish nobility, Have been worked into exquisite skirts or ornate metal overlays, which are used to enhance the icon. Many crutches, children's school badges, and other gifts adorn the Madonna's chapel, including the Nobel Peace Prize received by solidarity leader Lech Wałęsa. So that kind of gives you a pretty thorough understanding of what uh, the uh, Our Lady of Częstochowa is all about, I believe.
1: And I hope it gives people listening to an understanding that, of course traditionally catholicism runs very strongly in polish heritage and polish culture and
3: right.
1: and they they feel a very strong connection to the blessed mother and especially through our lady of Częstochowa. right mm-hmm, yeah
2: mm-hmm. absolutely yeah so
1: um uh, so getting back to the mass itself so of course there there's an annual mass in pittsburgh commemorating mm-hmm. our lady of Częstochowa. it usually takes place around the feast day now um musically what is involved for the for the mass of Our Lady of Chancelhova that you prepare
2: uh basically uh the the choir like I said is the Karazella chorus and we've been supplemented by the Immaculate Heart Church Choir Ken Danshik plays the organ we often have a, a brass group and a violinist and a timpani and uh basically you know that I get I suppose what happens is they process in with an icon, which is a replica of the actual icon. I believe it belonged to Father Joe Szwierczynski in Polish Hill. In fact, I think it still hangs there in the rectory dining room. But uh, they use that icon and they process it in. And at the beginning of Mass, as we sing the hymn to the Blessed Mother, Serdeczna uh, Matko, uh, I believe children come up dressed in Native costume and they, somehow they cry. I think there's a crown overlay that they've made in recent Years or so there are there are different crowns for both the Blessed Mother and for Jesus and uh, the children and I believe they bring roses also to honor and venerate Mary and then I believe at the end of the mass uh, they uh, there is a prayer that is uh, said by everyone it's a consecration to Our Lady of Częstochowa or a, a something of that effect you know that everybody says but all throughout the mass they do readings in Polish and also we sing traditional hymns associated with the black madonna you know with uh, our lady of chestohova so
1: mm-hmm. if someone was listening to the podcast and yeah. they wanted to start maybe they wanted to just incorporate something in a liturgy to honor yeah. our lady of I mean how or where would they start
2: well i would say in their liturgy if they could do something similar i mean really think about how the internet has made things so much easier for us in the last couple of decades you know if you if you go on google you can just you know do a Google search of Częstochowa. You could probably find uh, replica icons or banners or things that could be processed in and placed near the front of the church. You could have the children present uh, flowers to the icon uh, and do an, a, you know, a similar prayer of consecration to Our Lady of Chenstohova. You really want to find some good hymns to do. Um, I would, I would guess, uh, you would need to find it. You could, you know, it used to be, you had to buy hymnals in Poland. I remember when I went back in 1992, bringing a suitcase full of hymnals back to give to people because, <laughs> because, uh, these things just didn't exist in the United States. But now with, uh, Amazon and eBay and, and whatever, you can, you know, more easily find these things, but you'd probably want to find PDFs of hymns like, uh, Charna Madonna or Gwiazdo or Matko Tischnarut Polski or Matko Boska Częstochowska, you know, that, I would say those are kind of the more common hymns directly associated with Our Lady of Częstochowa, but really, any kind of Polish Marian hymn, you know, I mean, we do that during the Mass, it doesn't have to be something specifically to Jasna Gura or the Black Madonna, it could be just any general Marrying him like Serdeczna Matka or Zdroj or you know something to that effect, I would say. You know, but uh, if people want to contact me, I'd be more than happy to share whatever resources I have. I have quite a few Polish hymnals. I've worked on Polish hymnal committees and things like that, so I I have a lot of stuff. But uh, use the internet, you know, and and you can you can pretty easily find things there and, and order hymnals and uh, sheet music and find free PDFs of things, you know. Uh, what's interesting though, is sometimes it's not so easy to find four part arrangements of these things. It seems like a lot of Polish hymnals have just uh, soprano alto parts. So you see, you might have to make up your own accompaniment or chord it or do something like that. But, uh, so that's basically the state of affairs <laughs>
1: with your permission. I'll put your contact information sure. in the show notes of the episode. If anyone
2: wants to reach out to you. Absolutely. I'd be happy, be more than happy to help.
0: Our second and last interview for today's episode comes from Debbie Brown. Debbie is a cantor, bell choir member, resurrection choir member, and a member of the Marian Singers at St. Mary of Sorrows in Fairfax, Virginia. Clearly, Debbie is the type of devoted pastoral musician we all wish we had in our program. Debbie wrote into the program because she went on a pilgrimage to Knock, Ireland, and Međugorje, Bosnia, and Herzegovina. Her devotion to the Blessed Mother is clear, and I am honored to share her story with you today.
1: Debbie, where are you joining us from today?
4: Fairfax, Virginia. Okay. Well, actually, Burke Center, Virginia.
0: And Debbie,
1: you, uh, you and I have been chatting because you have had experiences in your past of going to pilgrimages or your travels, and they involve the Blessed Virgin Mary. Um, would you mind sharing just some of your recollections and thoughts of those times that you had?
4: The first, the first one was when we went to Our Lady of Knock while we were on a we were on a trip, and it was. Just a very unique experience to be able to be able to go to mass where something very very special had happened to be in a chapel that was basically built on the same place that that happened uh, in knock when the children when the children saw the blessed mother. The other more inspirational trip I mean not that knock wasn't inspirational, but the other piece to that traveling was when we went to Magigoria, some of the things that I saw, some of the things that I felt, the the love that you felt for the Blessed Mother there for just the people, the pilgrims that were there, being experiencing Eucharistic adoration with probably a couple of thousand people in the evening, walking the streets, walking the roads where the children were and walking up to the places where the where the children experienced the blessed mother and sitting there and and just if you couldn't walk and you could sit there and just experience it and and just say the rosary and realize that this was what was happening you know this happened to the children my husband is a convert to the catholic church and his whole being there when he was there he he couldn't put a finger to it all he could do was say Something is happening here. I don't know what it is, but something is happening. Seeing seeing a church overflowing for Mass, I mean, St. James is not a, a huge church, but it would be filled on the inside to standing room only and people standing on the outside. It's amazing to know how many people... Have this love for the Blessed Mother. The other, ex- the other experience was, was just walking around there and just seeing all the priests and all, all the fact that you could go to commu- go to confession in any language that you spoke. It was just, it was just an unbelievable experience. I can't even remember all the feelings I had going to one of the visionaries' houses and and hearing her speak are being in one of her, and in another one's uh, chapel that she has in her home at the time when Mary was supposed to be still speaking with her. It's just, I really can't explain it. I just know, like my husband said, something happened there. Something is still happening, Mm -hmm. because there wouldn't be that many people making the journey there, Mm -hmm. and especially considering where, where all this happened. This was, at the time, this was still a communist country when all this happened. I can't explain anything else.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, Debbie, you know, so you have such powerful words and clearly, you know, it still has an impact on you. Do you believe that it has impacted your faith to this day?
4: Yes, I do. I think it does. I think anytime you have an experience like this, it's, it's going to stay with you. Um, you may not remember all the little ins and outs of what happened or, you know, you may remember some things and you don't remember other things, but it gives you a renewal even in your own life. You know, if you're struggling with something, you always know, you know, it's, it's kind of like knock, knock on the door. I'm here. I'm here if you need me. I'm here if you don't need me. I'm always there with you. And that's kind of the way I feel about the Blessed Mother, kind of the way I feel about our Lord, is that He's always there for us.
3: So,
0: Thanks so much to Neil and Debbie for sharing their connection to our Blessed Mother. This is only the beginning of our Faces of Mary series. There are so many beautiful ways to celebrate Our Lady, and we'll share another episode on the podcast about the topic next week. The recording of Serdechna Matko was produced by GIA Publications. Today's episode was produced by me, Amanda Bruce. That's it for today. With the Spirit's gifts empowering us for the work of ministry, thank you for listening. And as we say in Polish, bardzo dziękuję, do zobaczenia. Have a great week, and we'll see you back here next Monday.